welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hello, everyone. Um, so, yeah, on this week's podcast, um, we spoke to Chris Samila, who is the co-founder and chief partnership officer at a company called um, Partnership Leaders. Um, so what do they do, you might ask? So they provide a community and a platform uh, you know, which supports a vibrant network of professionals, uh, approximately 1300 members and growing. So this includes professionals in business development, you know, partnership um, alliances, modern tech and service companies. Um, you know, Chris himself has a wealth of experience in, in partnerships um, in, in you know, a lot of the businesses that he, he's worked at. And he goes into a lot more detail about those uh, during our conversation. Uh, we discuss, amongst other things, you know, how partnerships are still quite new to a lot of companies um, and how we sort of championing this space and, you know, the advocating all the benefits, you know, that partnerships can bring, you know, to a business. Um, as usual, we find out his top tips on having high-performing teams and a, and a solid culture, uh, and also, uh, you know, the usual some advice that you know he would give to his you know younger self starting out, which is really great. Um, so, as always, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to Game Set Matchup. So this is the podcast where we discuss all things partnerships. Uh, maybe you're new to the partnerships world, uh, looking for you know a little bit of advice on how to get started, um, or you know maybe you're an experienced pro and looking for a bit of inspiration um, and direction. Whichever it is, thank you for for tuning in. Um, I'm your host Carl Busby, and uh, please welcome our guest today. So it's Chris Samila. He's the co-founder and chief partnership officer of Partnership Leaders. Hello and welcome, Chris. Uh, real pleasure to be here. Thank you, Carl. Oh, thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Um, so, look, uh, we'd like to sort of start off uh, as we usually do, um, you know, just to give a little bit of an introduction uh, about uh, your, yourself, um, bit of, maybe a little bit about your background, sort of what you're doing in the current role, um, and then also, you know, what what is uh, Partnership Leaders all about? Yeah, definitely. Um, so spent pretty much my whole career in partnerships. Uh, I started on actually the the physical hardware side of the world. I, I worked in wireless lighting controls uh, as my first job out of college and then moved over to Solar City, which was at the time the largest solar uh, company in the world. And I managed Tesla Motors for them. So whenever somebody bought one of the Model S's, my team of electricians went out and installed it. Uh, definitely an exciting experience. Part of probably would have died young from stress. So I... Uh, <laughs> Ended up uh, making a pretty abrupt change. And I actually dropped down to being an SDR to join a company called Optimizely. Uh, I did that for a few months and then got the chance to build out their partner program because uh, I was unfamiliar with the kind of the SaaS world. And this was back in like 2012. Um, and so it was pretty apparent that how we went through partnerships was very different than uh, you know what I was used to previously. Uh, and so this sort of woke me up to the, to the notion of like, channel partnerships in the traditional way of, you know, the last few decades of how we do partnerships is somewhat largely different from especially like modern SaaS companies and how they go about their go-to-market motion from a partnerships perspective. And so when I moved on from Optimizely um, and joined another company called Full Story as their VP of partnerships, I, uh, I quickly realized I needed to talk to peers about how the heck to do some of the things I didn't know how to do. And I realized I could probably share some experiences that I had, I had learned. And so we created partnership leaders really as a passion project for helping partner professionals connect with one another to network and to share experiences. Um, and I did this 
at night and on the weekends, uh, in essence, I had a full-time day job at Full Story. Yeah. Um, and after a few years, I, I uh, interestingly enough, ran to a company called Crossbeam, which many in the partner space are familiar with now. Uh, there's this like account mapping technology to help you, you know, see where you have co-selling opportunities, et cetera. And so I, I was fortunate enough to join them as their first VP of partnerships. Um, again, still doing partnership leaders on the side, um, much more in the open because it was like, you know, there's a very symbiotic relationship between like the tech side of what Crossbeam was doing and then the people and process side of what partnership leaders was offering. Um, and after two years, we got to the point where uh, it was apparent that to really make partnership leaders take off in the way that we wanted to, um, I, I was you know grateful for the journey with Crossbeam, but it was time for me to move on. And so I joined full-time working on partnership leaders uh, along with my two co-founders. Uh, and so that's where we're at today. And that change was about six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things to 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 dive into there, but I'll just I mean, um, as you said, you must be extremely proud, you know, as a as a you know, I mean, that's like a side project and now something that's become your you know your your main uh, image. Like that said, that must be you know must be something really to be proud of. Yeah, I mean, I feel incredibly grateful. We've had the support of we have about thirteen hundred members globally in the community, uh, yeah. and it's it's one of those businesses where like. Um, really, we're all sort of building this together, and so we're just trying to, in essence, the the. The company of partnership leaders is trying to build the infrastructure, the platform to enable people to do all the networking and the, and the sharing of knowledge and the events. And we have a, a huge conference we do each year called Catalyst. And so, uh, yeah, it is. It is I, mean, I adore working on partnerships. And so to now be able to help everyone, you know, elevate their game in essence uh, is is a really awesome feeling. No, no, that's amazing. Oh, as you just mentioned, uh, obviously Crossbeam. There, we spoke to uh, um, um, Crossbeam. Of course, we've got his name now, top of my head. But um, yeah, like I said, that was a really did the poly was really really good, really good. Yeah, things. I mean, they're, they're sort of one of the, the the newer partner tech solutions out there. I mean, there's about 150 or so uh, overall kind of technologies servicing the, the partner and channel space. Uh, but in the last few years, there's a lot more like in essence SaaS founders that yeah. are coming to the table. A lot of them are like ex-partner people that are, you know, there's a ton of C-level stage companies that are doing cool stuff, including Finder, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. There's a, there's a new generation of tech that's it's hitting the market uh, to serve the needs of all of us, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, obviously, just touched on the Finder in terms of, you know, we are, you know, completely, uh, you know, new platforms, nothing, you know, nothing really out there like the, you know, that, that we sort of do. And like I said, you know, same thing, we're helping helping businesses to, uh, you know, have those uh, initial conversations um, and, you know, what we call the, you know, discovery call, which is essentially, you know, it's, it's a dis discovering, you know, whether you've got any uh, uh, synergies where you can work together as a partnership. So, um, yeah, totally get that. Just also, one thing I like to sort of ask is like, um, I mean, obviously, you talked a bit about your back background and um you know the tesla and the wireless lighting i love a bit of wireless lighting by the way just letting i've got a few of those um but um like uh it's partnerships you know the role is it something you kind of always wanted to get into or like you know for like a lot of people we fall into roles we don't necessarily you know plan out that we're going to do that um you know we kind of sometimes just stumble into these things and think oh you know what this is actually i quite enjoy this sort of thing or you know so is it something that that is that that what kind of happened or is it like you've always you know from being on this is like it's something you you've always had been passionate about yeah, so uh, the company I worked for at the time in, in the lighting space was called Adura Technologies. They ended up getting acquired by a, a large lighting conglomerate, but um, we were all sort of like passionate 
about the concept of sustainability. And it was like, how do we create these devices that could turn off the lights based on yeah. the time of day or the sunlight or load load shedding and things like that when power is expensive. And so you have this like sort of um, optimistic crew of people that were trying to bring this product to market. We were you know, downtown San Francisco. And as we started selling this, we were like, hmm, there's all these lighting uh, like distributors and stuff that like, it seems like this is how we need to go to market, uh, you know, versus just a direct model. And so it was, it was us realizing as a company that like we had to, in essence, follow the path, how, how those things get sold. And mm-hmm. so uh, I shifted from direct sales into working with uh, these lighting distributors and um you know, this was this is back in two thousand like nine, and so it was still like the the backside of the the Great Recession and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so it was like a combination of collaborating with uh, government agencies that had rebates and stuff to help support early stage clean tech companies, as well as these like distributors and um, you know resellers of different uh, lighting technologies. And so yeah, it was. I, I could say I fell into it. Luckily, I fell into it really early in my career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all came about. No, no, okay, no, no, that's pretty. It's just always just interesting, you know, it's nothing I just want interesting to know, like how people got to get into it. Um, okay, great. So look, um, obviously just keep on the theme partnerships, obviously. Um, how uh, sort of you seen, you know, I mean, obviously with partnership leaders or maybe, you know, in a previous uh, business, um, you know, sort of approach change to, uh, you know, creating partnerships, I guess, in like recent times, obviously things have changed massively um, all over the world, sort of last three to four years, obviously COVID being the most obvious thing that's um, changed the world and how we sort of, uh, you know, we sort of do business, more hybrid working and just, you know, uh, as you said, the, the these things have sprouted up, SaaS technology just changed so much over these last few years. Um, so, yeah, so like, you know, how you, you sort of had, you know, uh, um, that approach, how has that sort of changed? And also like for partnership leaders in terms of, you know, a gold star partnership that you would say like, you know, yeah, this is, you know, this, this would be, this, this works for both parties. And it's just, you know, absolutely a gold star. What, what was that? What was that for you? Yeah, definitely. So on the first part, I think, you know, thinking about maybe like three themes to help orient us on like the changes we've seen. So one of them is sort of a, a like large global change in partnerships is this shift from just the partners being focused on the moment of like transactions. So Jay McBain over at Canalis talks a lot about this, which is like the traditional channel world was really oriented around like partners that could help at the moment of sale, you know, whether it's a reseller or distributor or, or someone that's like, um, you know, making their worth attached to that moment of, of sale. And the reality with SaaS is that there's partners that can influence up and down the entire customer life cycle. And so, you know, uh, affiliates at the very beginning, referral partners, you have, you know, because of the way that customers buy technology, they usually want some relationship with the vendor due to privacy and, and data reasons or the ability to influence the product roadmap. And so yep. the nature of how SaaS operates means that you have more partners co-selling with the vendors. Um, and then on the post-sale side, especially now in the economic situation we're in, the the sort of customer success motion or co-success motion mm-hmm. between partner and the client and the vendor is now like more and more popular. Uh, and so you look at this like string of actors or partners that can touch this customer journey, it's it's much broader than maybe it was historically. So that's like kind of one big macro theme that is changing how we think about managing partners, enabling them, 
training our own own organization on like the role of these partners. And so this is where folks are building their little maps of like the ecosystem of players around them that they collaborate with. And sometimes you're the big, you know, the big party in that. And sometimes yep. you're just a small player. Yep. Uh, yep. So that's one, I think one key yep. thing. The second one would be the advent of things like Crossbeam and Reveal uh, and Partners Hap. And there's like a handful of players in that sort of partner ecosystem platform or account mapping technology. That is, you know, this is not just because I worked at Crossbeam, but like I could see firsthand literally 10,000 plus companies. We've, we've in essence enabled the ability to know this relationship data in a programmatic fashion which means you can you can obviously use it to find opportunities you know on a manual basis but you fast forward the next few years you now can programmatically send that data into marketing campaigns into sales software for you know pipeline forecasting or how do you expand internationally like where do you have partners that have relationships in different countries i mean there's just that sort of freeing of the data is very 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 powerful and like yeah. it does change the game a little bit on like the really efficient partner teams are using that data to make themselves just like way smarter as a company. Um, and so that's, that's, I think that's super exciting. And it's, it's like kind of invigorated the venture capital industry to look at more and more, uh, you know, solutions that are serving the partner teams because we are historically so underserved compared to marketing sales and customer success. So I think that's like the second big trend is like the advent of these solutions. And the third one is like, the realization that companies need to have a partner first mentality as they go to market because marketing is getting more expensive from you know the the purchasing yep. ads and and all the other factors at play there uh the ability for SDRs to pick up the phone and, and chase people has gotten less and less effective over time and so it's like as companies have to think about how do they efficiently grow you know, and also take into account, you know, the product roadmap component. There's just so many reasons why companies should be thinking about using partnerships, not just as a siloed, you know, channel function in the corner, but actually like across the entire business, every department should be collaborating with partnerships and building that into their strategy. And we're very still early on this journey. There's a lot of CEOs that are trying to figure out how to do this, but at least they're interested and excited about it. And that's, that's the piece that has me really optimistic about the next few years is like, I think we're going to see more companies yep. help make partner teams a more, you know, central component of how they grow and then yep. resourcing them effectively. I'm sure some of your listeners, they're an army of one. They have yep. very little resources. They have very little budget, but they're doing a lot of stuff. And hopefully yep. that starts to change uh, over the next few years. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, touched on loads, of course, good points there. I mean, um, the, the, the term customer success, I mean, if, I mean, that's what we, that's what we do. I mean, the customer success team here at Finder. Um, so, you know, I'm right, uh, right in the middle of it, but yeah, I think, you know, so a few years ago, that, the, the term customer success, that, that just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't kind of around. And like now, like you said, because of the growth of all this, um, you know, SAS, it's just become, uh, you know, just more, you know, more of a sort of a normal, you know, normal term. You find loads of sort of customer success manager roles and teams and that kind of stuff, you know, uh, um, serving these platforms now. So, um, so yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, uh, the next question, just to uh, just get into this. I mean, again, Finder, you know, we are all about, you know, helping businesses to create partnerships. Obviously, that's what we that's what we do um, at the at the moment. So with like, you know, partnership leaders or maybe it said in the previous business, like how um, are you sort of going about creating, you know, as partners? So you talked about you've got X amount of how, how many how many members 
Um, how are you sort of going about, you know, growing that or the, I don't know, let's say the types of things that you're also doing to get the word out about, you know, partnership, uh, partnership leaders? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, it's an interesting journey because, like, when you look at the category we're in, um, community is almost like doesn't fully encompass what we're doing. Uh, and this is where there's other organizations that look similar to us. Pavilion is probably the most uh, salient example where they're serving sales, marketing, customer success. Um, it's like this interesting combination of of like people connections. Uh, the sort of education that goes along with like getting better at your craft. And then there's all these like ancillary components of like events and tooling and resources and things to help someone along their journey professionally. Um, and so it's not, it's like this interesting blend of like community and industry association and all these other components to help someone be successful. Uh, and so that creates a lot of surface area for us to think about partners. So I mentioned Pavilion, they're a partner to us as another, you know, supportive community. We do, you know, content together. Uh, we did a, an event where we invited CEOs and, and some of our senior members to an event in Banff where we went skiing together. Um, so there's like this notion of like executive retreats and things like that. We have big conferences we do. Uh, and so we, we find places where there's like content kind of partnership opportunities. There's, you know, referral type of opportunities where someone's a good fit for them, you know, another community, but not for us or vice versa. Um, there's the technology partnerships component because for partnership leaders, I'm, I'm personally very passionate about this because I, I see a lot of entrepreneurial companies trying to serve the problems of our space. And so we actually have an angel syndicate inside partnership leaders called PLI that has helped support a lot of the you know, series seed through series C, uh, yeah. kind of partner tech companies. Um, so how do we like, you know, in essence, foster this next generation of technology companies. And so some of those become sponsors of partnership leaders in other scenarios, they're members, but we do more with them. Like we have a, a, a tools of the trade content series where we highlight sort of behind the scenes about these new technologies. Um, and so it's like, there's just so many things we could be partnering yeah. with. And so yeah. it's sort of like figuring out how do we prioritize the ones and bucket them into, you know, new member acquisition or retention of members um, or revenue generating activities to support the growth of PL. Um, and so it's, it's definitely one of those things we have to be like very conscious of prioritization because there yeah. is a lot of potential things we could be spending time on from a partner yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It just sounds, yeah, sounds like you've got, there's, a, there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, and uh, like you said, yeah, it's uh, just finding out which ones to, uh, you know, prioritize and, um, you know, like I said, yeah, make, make the most out. But I said, um, they, they, those events, uh, they sound, uh, I said, pretty good. It's like a nice balance of, um, you know, work and, and pleasure at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've done a lot of like education yeah. conferences, you know, kind of like networking things. And I think one of the hypotheses I have is that as we went all remote, um, a lot of people got disconnected from their personal networks because they're living somewhere very different. And, you know, it's sometimes hard to make new friendships per se. And so it's like, how do we, how do we create an environment where folks, uh, you know, they're in partnerships for their career. How do we do something where it's a multi-day event that they can really go deep on some of these new, you know, friendships slash relationships. Um, so it's this notion of like a PL experience type retreat is something we'll probably end up doing hopefully many, many, many times in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yep. and it complements everything else, you know, on the more kind of traditional education networking side of things. No, hundred percent. I think, uh, I mean, obviously we, you know, they, 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 
well, similar types of events and stuff that um, obviously we go to over here. Let's say it's just a just a good icebreaker of um, you know everybody's there to you know uh, obviously you know, for a reason, but it's just a good way to you know um, open up those conversations and stuff. And not it's not a forced uh, thing. You know, it's not somebody trying to sell you something. It kind of you know you can be able to just have build that relationship first before you know you start talking business. Basically, um, yeah. <laughs> one comment. <laughs> really funny we you definitely built deep relationships in this last trip because we uh we had a gentleman who had a friend who was like an x game skier and so like oh, wow he took us down some like double diamond slopes and was there's nothing more uh and, and you know you, you definitely can build a close bond when you're like terrified with the person yes. next to you so uh, yeah. <laughs> putting that trust you, you you're putting that trust into that into exactly that, uh, and uh obviously a lot of that goes into you know partnerships as well so yep 100 percent um good one. The next question I'd I like to I like to ask this. I think it's again really good for you know people listening in. Obviously, you've got a ton of experience, you know, uh, in terms of uh, partnerships and the business you've worked in. Um what uh what sort of advice would you sort of give to your younger self sort of starting out? I mean, it's probably probably a few things. Uh maybe some things you can talk about, some you can't, but um, you know, uh anything, uh any sort of advice you'd you, know, you sort of say give to yourself, you know, for maybe for people that are like, you know, starting out on this journey or they're looking to, you know, get into you know the partnerships world. Um, and so you know it's we know it's growing all the time. So yeah, um just a any advice you'd give your, your your younger self. Yeah, I mean, I think um a few things. One of them is th- there's a decent number of companies that don't have any partner teams yet. Um, and the thing that I'm hearing as I talk to CEOs is sometimes they don't really, they know it's important, they should be doing it, but they don't know how to hire for that first partner leader. And so I would say like, don't, you know, don't be shy reaching out to, if you see a technology company that you think their product's amazing and you can kind of pattern match the types of partnerships they should be building, reach out to that CEO, send them something in the mail or figure out a way to get their attention uh, that you could potentially create an amazing opportunity for yourself. Uh, if you can help them understand how you envision building a partnership program at their company. Um, I've seen some peers do this recently to, to great effect. That's how I got my first job. I literally, I, I printed out a little packet about why I wanted to work for these companies in, in the yeah. clean tech space. And I FedExed it to the CEOs and it's like, Wow. You can kind of break through the through the you know uh, the the resume resume sort of um, just yeah. craziness that we are in at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being out of work, so you know, be a bit fearless on on chasing the types of companies you want to work for. Um, and I think like that's you know one component. And then as if you're in a company that is you know building their partner program, definitely take on responsibilities to do stuff that you're maybe uncomfortable doing. I mean, I think that's like we already inherently as partner professionals have to take you know, in essence put our hands in a lot of a lot of pies to figure out how to do marketing campaigns and enablement and all that kind of stuff. Go and spend time with with folks that like you know like yourself, you're a CSM. A lot of the things you figured out that work well to help your customers, partner professionals can apply that to partner enablement. And so it's kind of like we we can become these sort of like army of one type of professionals because we inherently have to do things in a lot of other departments and learn skills that um, is a bit broader than maybe other professions might have to do. So it's like, I, I personally read industry reports for, you know, CS and sales and marketing. I read blogs. I follow people that are experts in those spaces because we can take the learnings from a lot of those folks and apply them to partnerships. Um, So I'd say that'd be the second thing. And then the third one is just know that 
our time in the sun is coming for partnerships. Like the VC industry is invest, investing in tons of technologies. You can look at the journey of like marketing being a huge deal tech wise in the early 2000s. Then the sales technology boom happened. The CS or customer success boom happened in the you know the mid mid you know 2015 range. Um, and it's like ours is coming. Like we're we're freeing the data to be able to do things more programmatically. Uh, we're getting more resources for new companies to pop up and, and make our lives just a lot easier because we still do yeah. a lot of manual admin stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is going to change pretty quickly, especially with all the AI things that are happening, yeah. which is AI. just yeah. bonkers. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. I have a friend who literally, he he just feeds over information into ChatGPT and he's taught it characteristics about his partner program. So when he asks for things like a new template, et cetera, it already knows his referral percentage and the, wow. the regions he operates in. And so it's like that kind of stuff is just like a game changer to make us more efficient. Uh, so yeah. fun times ahead. Yeah. No, um, it's funny. Yeah. You just mentioned I spoke to somebody who did a podcast actually recently just um, and they, they worked in the AI space. And um, I mean, obviously, probably for some people, it's quite scary, but I mean, I, I'm fascinated by that technology in terms of what it can, you know, what it's going to be able uh, to, to, to do, um, you know, and, uh, but yeah, and no, I was just going back on your point, you know, again, about being, uh, you know, fearless and just not, um, you know, uh, just, 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 just try, you know, just, just sort of go for it sort of thing. Don't let, you know, people tell you, you know, you, you can't do this or you can't do that. So I, I, I do like, I do like that. Um, you know, I do like that, that mantra. Um, yeah. So also, uh, just sort of saying on the theme of sort of like sort of, uh, some tips, um, I know again, again in this role, maybe in previous businesses, um, you know, you've um, worked with like uh, you know teams, or maybe you've managed some teams um, uh, previously. You know, what would you say? Um, you know, some tips for like you know creating you know a high performing team and like you know a, a you know a solid sort of you know culture uh, within you know within the business. I mean, we all know if you've got a ha- happy team, happy culture, that generally tends to you know uh, uh keep the business going in the right the right direction so um yeah like i said any, any of those, those sort of tips on that yeah i think like a, a lot of the the situations we encounter you know sort of face as partner especially leaders is the the resourcing component of making sure that we can help our team get the things done they need to mm-hmm. uh, i think this goes back to like ensuring that the ceo and that the board understand the role of partnerships um, and this is brutally apparent right now, as we see some partner teams being fired across the board at some companies and in the same comp- that same type of company in a specific industry is growing their partner team and is doubling down on this sort of partner first mentality. And a lot of that comes down to the responsibility of the partner leader to make sure that the CEO and the board understands what we, sh- you know, what the role of partnerships really is in a modern technology company. Yeah. So I think like that sort of covering fire at the at the executive level ensures that you do get you know some marketing budget for events and that you get resources from RevOps to build out your attribution and Salesforce or HubSpot. You, you in essence, it's the responsibility of these partner leaders to make sure that their company understands this stuff. And if they don't, set a timetable for yourself. You know, like like you anyone in their prime working in you know in the tech industry don't spend too long at a company that doesn't understand the vision of what they should be doing with their partner organization. Don't, you know, don't 
kind of waste too long uh, in, in a bad fit company um, because this happens very often. I think a lot of us want to fix things. And if after 18 months, it, you realize this is just not the right place. Um, there's a lot of companies that are still hiring and growing their teams. Uh, and then they, they do have the right philosophy of how to build a partner program. And so I think like, this is why we see it's almost like the great reshuffling of talent occurring right now where some very, very, you know, tier, you know, tier one partner professionals are just amazing professionals are out in the market right now. Uh, and they're going and they're becoming the first hire at, you know, some new hot, uh, startup company. And so, um, I think like just ensuring that you've taken your shot at making sure the business understands what partnerships should be doing. And if you find that you're kind of hitting your head against the wall, um, yep. start looking around. There's amazing companies out there that, that are looking for, for talented professionals. Yeah, no, no, I think I'll say some good, some good advice there. As I say, if anyone like said, yeah, if you just, if you're not, you know, you've been the uh, business for 12 to 18 months and, you know, you, you, you still, you don't feel it's the right fit. You know, it's time to just, don't just stay, don't just stay there, you know, for, for the sake of things. So much, you know, so much potential and stuff out there. So, you know, get involved. Um, Cool. Yeah. Well, just uh, brings on to uh, last question. Um, now, obviously, we've touched a little bit on some of this stuff already in terms of um, what we've been sort of talking about. But um, I think it is interesting just to get the uh, opinions from people in terms of what they think the future holds, you know, um, when it comes to partnerships. As I said, we have touched on it. So, can, you know, <laughs> we've said this because it's a growing sort of industry. Um, so you might be repeating yourself a little bit. But yeah, like you said, what what uh, what do you think this, you know, the future sort of holds, you know, for for obviously for yourself, with partnership leaders, you know, and then maybe just, you know, in, in you know, the, this whole uh, uh, partnership thing in, in general? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, as I mentioned earlier, the future is very bright for our space. I think the uh, we're not very far away from having a lot of case studies come out about this sort of like partner led growth, uh, company strategy. I think we need to be careful with, you know, getting too associated to influence revenue. If you can't track it effectively, I think this is something that especially tech partner teams are struggling with is your technology partners may not be sourcing deals for you, but they're absolutely influencing these like sales opportunities. And so I'm optimistic that we're going to get tooling to help us make this easier to do. In in the current world we're in, make sure that your partner team is close to the you know the revenue generating side as much as possible for the for the company, um, and understanding like you know how much you know how much of a role you're playing to to drive the company forward. This is where I see a lot of people you know teams are getting cut or you know personnel are getting cut because. The C-suite doesn't understand it, what they're doing, and it's hard to measure the the impact that they're making on the business. But I think the thing I'm most excited about is like the tooling's catching up now to make this easier. The CEOs are understanding, you know, more and more how to leverage partner teams effectively. Um, and then I think like the the ability you can't go on on Amazon and buy a book about how to do you know partnerships in this modern yeah. sense. Yeah. So a lot of the peer-to-peer learning is still in, inherently something that you have to lean into yeah. to, to be best in class. Um, and we're still very much writing the book of how to do this. I mean, every yeah, single yeah. week we see some new idea or process or thing in partnership leaders that, you know, I, I literally just did a, a recording this morning with a gentleman that, you know, is, is focused on partner operations. And I was like, he showed me three things that I've never seen before. I was like, ah, oh, that's just so smart. Like, uh, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'll pass it on to a bunch of other people. And so I think like, that's what's so excited about these like notions of these, you know, kind of uh, newer communities where it's real-time communication and people are 
sort of oriented around being transparent, um, even if their competitors are there, you know, you can still share a best practice of how you're doing attribution or things like that. Because again, like many of us are in partnerships for our careers. And so it behooves you to invest in your network and to, to make sure that, you know, you're close to the action on all this stuff. Cause it is a very exciting time to be in our industry. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I mean, um, like I said, all the stuff you just touched on there it is, it is very exciting. Um, and it sounds like you're doing incredible things with um, partnership leaders. Um, obviously, I will be, uh, you know, following. I'll uh, be checking on LinkedIn from time to time, see how things are going. Um, but look, um, you know, we'll come to come to the end. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to obviously come and uh, come and talk to us and give us your experiences. Um, like I said, you know, I'll learn a little thing or two. Um, and like I said, yeah, yeah, really, you know, just really good to get an understanding of what you're doing, you know, over there at sort of partnership leaders. Um, and um, yeah, like I said, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for taking the time to come speak to us. Carl, tremendously appreciate the opportunity. Um, and yeah, if anybody's, you know, obviously in the partnerships world, uh, we'd love to have you come join us at Partnership Leaders. Uh, we're, we're doing some big events in late June over in Europe as well. So I know you have a lot of listeners from that region. So Paris and London, uh, there's going to be some big events on the ground. So uh, we'll see everybody uh yeah, uh, I'll find you, please. Well, you've heard it, you heard it here first. So, um, like I said, yeah, like I said, everyone wants to get in touch. Uh, so we'll be putting all the details and everything on the uh, on LinkedIn to be able to uh, to reach out. Uh, but again, thank you very much. Very, really appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Take care. Thanks for joining this week's Game Set Matchup. Tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships.